Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. And today, we're going to look at playing monsters. The game of Dungeons and Dragons has changed a lot over the years. A lot of you might be used to older editions where you played certain classes that were like the fighter, the thief, the cleric. Wait, I'm missing one. Fighter, thief, cleric. Oh, the magic user, of course. Newer editions, especially at third edition, the classes got a lot more, and the races are more. Even the races that you're able to play in the core books are more. Third editions had tons of books that were focused on, like, player options. The problem I had with the player options was that it seemed to, like, complicate things. It made the mechanics more complicated in favor of selling more books to players as well as DMs. So if the players can buy and use the book, you're going to sell more books. The DM buys the module and runs the rest of the game, but if the players all wanted a copy of the book as well, you know, for making their characters, adding to what it is they're doing, you know, it's going to sell more copies if you're making books geared towards everyone, not just the Dungeon Masters. I prefer books that are geared towards the Dungeon Masters because I'm running a game often. I find it made the game more difficult to DM when they started doing that, more difficult to manage. The more that was out there, the more you had to learn. And I found we were often flipping through books during the game when we could be playing the game. So I was not a fan of all that. But AD&D had to select few classes and races that you chose from. Second edition started giving us flat, splat, what they called splat books. If you're running a game with older mechanics in some form, Osric or Swords and Wizardry, Labyrinth Lord, Old School Essentials, there's a pretty good possibility that you're looking for stuff that's not as complex, especially as complex as some of the newer editions. Myself, like I said, I, I like those books that are written for DMs, not the players. The players become unique in-game, according to my philosophy of game. You ever read that old comic in the 90s? Well, I don't know. I call it old now. It seemed new at the time. From the 90s, it was a Marvel comic, Ravage 2099. Ravage was an evolving character. He changed throughout the book and throughout the adventures. The adventures made him different. There are some games that are set up to do this real well. Dungeon Crawl Classics from Goodman Games as well as Mutant Crawl Classics all do this really well. You get very unique characters by all the strange things that can occur. I like that. But today I'm talking about playing the monsters. This is far more common with newer editions. People seek a variety of non-human races. Like I said, they're even cooked into the main books. I play... Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, where we only have humans. There's no dwarves or elves. Gary almost saw a lot of the extra monsters as power gaming. I'm going to open up to the Dungeon Master's Guide in page 21, because he addressed this. And I'm going to go ahead and see what Gary had to say about all this. Monster as a player character. On occasion, one player or another will evidence a strong desire to operate as a monster, conceiving a playable character as a strong demon, a devil, a dragon, or one of the most powerful sort of undead creatures. This is done principally because the player sees the desired monster character as superior to his or her peers and likely to provide a dominant role for him or her in the campaign. A moment of reflection will bring them to the unalterable conclusion that the game is heavily weighted towards mankind. Gary goes on to explain why humans are kind of the basis for the game. The game features humankind for a reason. It is the most logical basis in an illogical game. From a design aspect, 
It provides the sound groundwork from a standpoint of creating the campaign milieu it provides the most readily usable assumptions. From a participation approach, it is the only method for all, for all players are, after all is said and done, human, and it allows them to roll with which most are desirous and capable of identifying with. From all views, then, it is enough fantasy to assume a swords and sorcery cosmos with impossible professions and make-believe magic. To adventure amongst the weird is fantasy enough without becoming that, too. Consider also that each and every dungeon master, worthy of that title, is continually at work expanding his or her campaign milieu. The game is not merely a meaningless dungeon and an urban base around which plopped the dreaded wilderness. Each of you must design a world, piece by piece, as if a jigsaw puzzle were being handcrafted, and each new section must fit perfectly the pattern of the other pieces. So uh, you get into that, and it seems that Gary's talking about there's a, a shared understanding in playing a human. We can all kind of agree that we know what it's like to be human, but we don't all necessarily know what it's like to be a half-demon or a vampire. And... The different concepts of these things vary from lore to lore, movie to movie, book to book. There's not always that shared stuff. But we're going back to, you know, we've Gary's been taken out of TSR and yet second edition. And in second edition, we got the Splat Books. And with the Splat Books comes the book I'm going to tell you to pick up now. The Complete Book of Humanoids. There were those maroon-covered books in the 90s, if you recall. Uh, they had the complete book of all kinds of classes and races. The complete book of humanoids tells you how to play monsters. Now, if you really want to play monsters in a role-playing game, I would give a couple suggestions of role-playing games that are ideal for that, that kind of made for that. The original Palladium RPG was ideal for running monsters, all kinds of horrors. I strongly suggest picking it up. I also might give a special shout-out to the earliest editions before the second edition. Both are pretty interesting. Even the magic can come across as monstrous. Also, Forbidden Lands. They have some cool races that are different from your core races of D&D. Goblins and Wolfmen are pretty common there. And we ran a campaign, and it was almost like running a monster game. A lot of fun. Those are two great systems and two great games that you can run monster campaigns with. But, we're talking about going with the classic AD&D. You're doing Osric or Swords and Wizardry. Old School Essentials. If you pick up the complete book of humanoids, what you'll see is there's a ton of races in there. Beastmen, bugbears, fremlin, you got gnolls, goblins, hobgoblins, kobolds, lizardmen, minotaurs, ogres, ogre mage, pixies, swamis, all, and there's many more. And not only that, but it gives you it gives you the stats for what it would take to roll up one of these characters, as well as their abilities. And then it gives you some kind of classes or addition class package type thing so you could look at structuring something more along the line with old school essentials or other older games because it really goes well in line with that if you're going with osric osric ad and d for is a is a clone of uh, ad and d so ad and d first and second edition had very little difference when it came to making your characters they're extremely compatible now a lot of times we're looking at this stuff the concept of racism is being brought up. The, the problem of racism is being brought up. Oppression and things like that. 
It's been pointed out how some of the language in fantasy games mirrors old racist, orientalist, and colonialist language. Uh, playing monsters that are described as this, you can push it back against that. You can explore a villain that is real, the bigots, the colonialism. But I would caution doing that and be sure the group knows what's going on. You approach it with tact and some education, respect, and self-awareness. Maybe read some books on things like racism and colonialism and orientalism before doing this. Look it up and make sure you're not, you know, engaging in some kind of orientalism. Look what's said about the races in some of the material that's presented with a critical eye. That's okay. Challenge it. Maybe that stuff can even come up in-game. Oh, you know, ogres are just gross and lazy says the human, who's busy occupying their land and killing their young. You are creating a fantasy world, and this fantasy world can be improved on, and you can explore it in ways that make it interesting and meaningful, and you can actually address some of those problems in-game, if done properly. I've got a spoiler here from a book that I think did an okay job at kind of looking at it. It's Bard's Gate from Frog God Games. In Cromlin's Ghosts, uh, it is uh, Casey Christofferson, I believe is his name, who wrote this. It may not be initially... Oh, now, this is a spoiler, so spoiler alert if you're playing through this. It may not be initially clear, but Colonel Portland is the unwitting insider aiding in the disappearances throughout Tent City. While he is neither a follower of the Master, nor outright evil, he is of a generation and mindset in which he perceives a natural hierarchy to things and sees himself as those who are most like him to belong at the pinnacle of things. In many ways, he epitomizes the casual ignorance of racism and colonialist attitudes that are not too uncommon. His purpose is not to eradicate or subjugate those he sees as lesser folk, but rather to keep them in their place and protect society from what he believes to be barbarians. The fact that his own actions and habits more truly epitomize barbar er, barbarism has not even occurred to him. So, it's interesting that they approach the game like that, and that this slavery and stuff like that is a present thing in role-playing games often, but it can be looked at as what it is, uh, and acknowledged, you know, this attitudes that are unexamined and stuff like that, the problems that are there in society. So, worth taking a look at, especially if you're going to start talking about playing monsters in the way they've been, they've been depicted over the years. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it. Go ahead and give us a positive review. I'd love some positive reviews, some likes and follows, all that stuff. And visit our blog, wobbliesandwizards.com. Keep those dice rolling.